0: Welcome to The Sages Among Us. What makes a community great? Most importantly, it's the people who live and work there and are engaged in community life. The Sages Among Us focuses on those people, what they do, and why they do it, and celebrates the leadership, time and energy they bring to making a positive difference for all of us. And indeed, it is time for a live sages among us this evening. I'm Keith Porter. My guest tonight is Catherine Elliott, better known in these parts as Kit, who indeed, as Claudio just told us, is an attorney uh, who has extensive and varied career as a public defender, an attorney with private criminal law practice, and as a county counsel in both Mendocino County and now in Nevada County since 2019. So, Kit, welcome to the hot seat on The Sages Among Us.
1: Thank you, Keith. Thank you for having me here.
0: It's great to have you here. And Let me just tell folks, if there's any breaking news on the highway fire up near Washington, uh, we will interrupt the show for that. But in the meantime, we're going to continue to learn all about you. So I'm going to tell people a little bit of your background And uh, just so they've got a basic understanding, you were born in Ojai, California, spent some of your grade school years in Nebraska. I guess that's a family connection there. You can tell us about that. Back to Ojai for school, middle school, and high school. You went to Whitman College in Walla Walla, Washington, for a political science degree. You uh, spent some time in Edinburgh uh, on on an exchange student program or something along those lines, probably, right? Correct. Um, and then Santa Barbara College of Law, you spent some time in Mexico City also, uh, became a public defender in Tolera County, public defender in Mendocino County, you had private practice in Mendocino County and Ukiah for a number of years, and then you became the county council in Mendocino County, and you came here to join us in Nevada County in 2019. So welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank <laughs> you very much.
0: So this shows about your work, how you contribute to the community, but I want to also spend a little more, more time talking about your background so tell us about your time in Nebraska. You said you had family roots there. Uh, what, and what brought your family to California?
1: Right. So we, um, I'm a fourth generation uh, person from Nebraska, um, but originally how we came to Ohio was my dad's brother left his law practice in Chicago to take over an Orange Ranch. Unfortunately, that ran him into the ground and he died at 42. Oh my. So my father, who was a deputy district attorney in the state of Washington, moved here with his wife and my two older sisters and took over not only the Orange Ranch, but the uh, helped the wife of his brother and his two kids as well, um, and became a loan officer just to make lo- uh, ends meet. And then once he got the ranch up and running, uh, moved the family back to Nebraska.
0: Okay. Well, so t- tell us about your parents a little bit more. How did their perspective on life, their outlook, and the way they lived their lives, how did that influence your life's direction?
1: So my parents were 42 and 39 when I was born, uh, so I think their age contributed a lot. They were pretty settled in life, and their philosophy was the reason that you aim to become someone in the community is in order to contribute to that community. Um, they were always very involved in giving back to the community.
0: So that's, that came through for you, right?
1: Absolutely. In your
0: life. How about siblings? Did you have siblings?
1: So, as stated, um, I had two sisters. Uh, they were 16 and 14 years older. So, oh, you was,
0: were the baby. Then. I
1: was. I was sort of like an only child. Only my parents had been through it before, so I was given <laughs> pretty much free reign. Uh, I would describe myself as responsibly rebellious. <laughs>
0: Okay, so any notable uh, misdemeanors as a child? Anything, uh, any trouble you got into?
1: I, I think I was too clever not to to actually get in trouble. <laughs> oh, one of those,
0: the <laughs> sly one. <huh? laughs> Um, All right. So, um, adventures in high school uh, around Ojai. What what was that like for you?
1: So, my father uh, left his law career to teach history, and he taught at really? a private school in Ojai. And at, when he was fifty five, which was the retirement age at that time, and um, so I. I was able to stay in the dorm. Um, It was an 80-person school, Um, so I stayed in the dorm during the week. So I did fun pranks. So they would consist of things like uh, middle-of-night events, such as uh, moving all the classroom uh, furniture, blackboards, everything out onto the soccer field with all the students, very organized, uh, moved all the girls in the girls' storm into the boys and the boys into the girls' storm in the middle of the night, and also moved the entire campus up into the canyon where no one could find us.
0: No, somehow it seems to me that, that all of that should have probably precluded your your law <laughs> career. That's that's pretty rebellious stuff. <laughs> Um, So after high school, you went off to Walla Walla to Whitman College in Washington. Why Whitman and why political science?
1: Right. So I wanted a small liberal arts college. At that time, Whitman was 1,100 people. Um, I created a deal with my parents since my sisters had gone to university that they would pay for the school, but I had to pay for everything else. So I worked the whole time I was in school. Um, I started school as a math major. Really? And uh, said, hmm, I don't belong with this group. (laughs) And uh, my worst subject was history because my father taught it, right? So um, I decided to study politics to learn basically the history of American politics. And um, basically, I also spent most of my time in the higher level English and philosophy classes.
0: Really? So tell us about – you had a year in Edinburgh. Was that part of the, the, the four years of college? That uh, you, correct. I yeah. took an
1: extra year in order to go there. Ah. Um, and that was an amazing experience. I joined the climbing club uh, and so climbed uh, – did a lot of climbing, uh, including ice climbing.
0: In the highlands, huh? In the
1: highlands, yes. Yeah, it's ah. beautiful. And um, I actually met my first husband there. So fell ah. madly in love and ah. met someone, I so went back to America.
0: Was, was this – person an American or a Scott? Scottish oh okay all right so but then did did you both come back to America or you came back solo
1: um no I came back originally and then he came back and joined me and we got married here. Ah,
0: okay so how about the decision to attend law school when did you decide that you were cut out to be an attorney
1: so um I spent a lot of time avoiding going to law school. Um, I saw a lot of people in college that sort of went to law school because they didn't know what to do with their lives. Um, I moved back to Ojai because my husband from Scotland, uh, we were living in Washington and he preferred Ohio, so we moved back to Ohio. Yeah. And then once I was there, I discovered they had a night school and um, just for fun took a class. It was the evidence course. And I thought, why have I avoided this? I am a fourth-generation uh, lawyer, and um, it was in my bones.
0: Wow. Yeah, yeah. deep in those genes, I guess. Huh? <laughs> so um, you got your JD from Santa Barbara College of Law, and that was – I presume that was probably commutable from where you were in Ohio, right?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. So you – summer – You worked as a tree trimmer, you worked in a local newspaper as an intern uh, in a legal office. Uh, I'm guess lawyering. I'm guessing that lawyering won out over tree trimming and po- posting up newspapers as possible right. career choices. Right.
1: <laughs> so those were mainly to actually pay my way through law school as well. So I came out uh, yeah. smelling like a rose in the sense that I didn't owe any money. But okay. it's a lot to work, volunteer, and go to school. <laughs>
0: no kidding. No kidding. But you knew where you were going at that point, right? Yep. And so how how long after how long did you wait after college to enter law school?
1: Um, I left college in 82 and I started law school in 84.
0: okay, just a couple of years yeah so it didn't take too long. All right well and you also had a summer studying international law in Mexico City. Um, any, any memories from that Anybody no it do? was
1: it was just a great experience and I think it was the sort of beginning of understanding that in Edinburgh to see how different countries do things differently um, we interviewed one of their Supreme Court justices I believe there's 11 of them and uh, he stated that the their Constitution was basically resembles the Constitution of the United States however the difference is whether you enforce it whether the law is follow it. Um, Very important. Otherwise, uh, you end up a little more lawless like
0: Mexico. Yeah. Okay. I'm Keith Porter, and uh, my guest today is Kit Elliott. And Kit's an attorney who has extensive and varied career work experience as a public defender, an attorney with a private criminal law practice in Mendocino County. We'll talk about that. And uh, she's been county counsel in Mendocino County and now in Nevada County since 2019. So um, you got your law degree, and your first job was a public defender, assistant public defender, I guess, in Tulare County. Why were you drawn to Tulare County?
1: Um, So uh, Tulare County, um, my – So first of all, my father died when I was my first year of law school. So I figured since he wasn't around, I could actually take his advice. And his (laughs) advice was either be a public defender or a DA in order to get trial experience. Ah. Um, It was quickly learned by me that the Central Valley was where they were doing the most trials. Um, And Tulare solicited me. So I I went there to do trials. And I ended up doing uh, overall my career about 96 jury trials. Wow.
0: Well, you know, we hear a lot, in um, you know, in the public media about the case loads and the intense pressure on public defenders. How that's such a very, very difficult uh, role. Is that accurate? And if so, were the rewards worth it for you personally?
1: So, especially during that time, I would describe Tulare as a mash unit. Uh, it was pretty crazy how much work we were doing and how many trials we were doing. Um, I, I started in 88 when criminal defense was um, pretty much uh, it was very difficult uh, during that time we were moving into the three strikes era it was pretty much about lock everyone out there was absolutely no discussion of rehabilitation whatsoever so um, I learned a lot um, but yes it was it was tough.
0: Oh. So we've been talking about your choice of law as a career and your early career path uh, as a public defender, but you were in Tulare County for 10 years, I believe, and then you became the assistant public defender in Mendocino County. Uh, Was that – about enhancing your career or a place to live that was right. different or some of both?
1: Um, I had never planned to stay in Tulare County for that long, but I met my current husband, George Husruk, uh, while I was in Tulare. So we stayed there. Um, we had a very good life there, but definitely wanted to find a place with more beauty like I was used to from living in Ojai. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and I also wanted, I, I like small town life that suits me. So, I wanted a smaller uh, area and a place that was more oriented towards rehabilitation. So that was uh, how I picked Mendocino.
0: So George, I understand, is a, is a musician, right? A music Correct. teacher and a musician. right. So did that work all right for him to move that, that to Mendocino great. as well? That worked great.
1: Yes, he found a great career there as a music teacher for the um, junior high. Oh, okay. Um
0: any particular unique circumstances or challenges about doing that work in Mendocino County? I mean, obviously, one thinks about Mendocino County, like Nevada County to a lesser degree now, about cannabis a lot. Is that a factor in criminal Correct. law there?
1: Correct. I, but at the, you know, the interesting thing coming from Tulare County, where, where it was so punitive and extremely conservative. Of course, marijuana was way ahead of the curve on the medical marijuana front. Yeah, <laughs> um, but And of course, there was a lot of uh, cannabis matters. And we had a lot of foreigners coming in uh, doing cannabis, not just from Mexico, but I defended people from all sorts of places in Europe that uh, had cannabis farms.
0: So at some point after a number of years as a public defender there, you became, you went into your private practice, your own criminal law private practice. So was that like to see the other side of the scales? I mean from defending criminals, uh, defending people that were indicted uh, to, to what? How, how did that work out for you?
1: So I would have never picked going into private practice, but I – did not like my boss, um, ah. and it, as all things in my life, the worst things become the best things. So mm. it was the best thing that I ever did to go into private practice. Um, I loved it. I did extensive work for clients directly related to drug, alcohol, and mental health issues. I learned a lot of appellate work, so I got to do that side. I did extensive post conviction work, helping people get their life back on track. Um, and my husband and I bought it building and i gutted it and uh designed my own law offices where oh. we had a uh, art art walks uh we had it set up so we could do art walks and the friday art walks
0: well uh, that sounds almost ideal yeah. and yet you didn't stay in that <laughs> part of the legal profession right you Correct. you made another change
1: yes uh, so uh in um 2015, actually, for four years, I had been solicited by the county of Mendocino to come over and be the county council.
0: Oh, really? So they knew you and were, yes, were asking. Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, and uh, clearly, I, I love a challenge. <laughs> so I um, I decided after—it was hard to leave my private practice, but uh, they were having problems actually filling that role. And so um, I decided to go over and try it out.
0: Mm. Well, from a layman's perspective, it sounds like these three different areas of law, public defense, uh, private practice, criminal private practice, and then and then counsel for a local government organization, would be totally different. Is that accurate, or are they really all the same in some way that I well, don't understand? You
1: just have different... Uh, it was hard for me to think of not having an individual client like that, but you do work with the individuals, and so... Um, and I would say my litigation, uh, experience served me so well because I, we still do a lot of litigation when you're in the County, uh, you get sued on a regular basis. Right. So, um, and just people skills, et cetera, and understanding people, um, helped a lot. So I, I, it's a totally different law, but I do love learning new things. And so, um, I found it very comfortable.
0: Okay, well, we're getting very close to the current time. 2019 brought you to Nevada County.
1: Why Nevada County? Um so you can see a history here of being recruited. <laughs> 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 and um, your recruiters from Nevada County did an excellent job. I told them no several times when really? they called me. Okay. Um, but they thought that Nevada County had and Mendocino County had so many similarities. Um, plus, you were just starting some of the cannabis uh, ordinances here. Um, so they thought that would be valuable. Same number of cities, basically. And um, so finally, I said, gee, I probably shouldn't turn you down without talking to my husband. So I asked him to research the area. And as I said, he was a musician. He had actually just come out of a very serious cancer surgery. Um, So it was kind of perfect timing. He did all the investigation, and he said, yeah, I want to live there. And I went, great, honey. I just have to go get the job now.
0: (laughs) So you took the big leap across the Sacramento Valley and uh, and and came here. Well, that's great, and obviously we're we're pretty proud. We think in Nevada County of our art scene, a music scene in particular, and it's a very vibrant. So hopefully, it's been able. It's been an opportunity for George to settle into uh, a comfortable place in absolutely. Nevada County. Absolutely. And how about you? Do you feel comfortable in Nevada County? Oh
1: yeah, no, absolutely. The people here are great.
0: Okay, so help us understand what is the role of a county council. What does your day week month look like and 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 why is the role important in the community? Right.
1: So I will say no two days are the same. Uh, It's very fast paced. It's very interesting. Um, I describe my role as basically protecting the county through the Board of Supervisors, you know, by providing them with good advice and um, helping steer some of them and their decision making in terms of what would work um, legally. Uh, I think that helps the whole county. Uh, My instincts in terms of my overall career have have served me well. Um, And um, it's great to be working here with such a dedicated board and county administrators and to be able to support them on a regular basis in the work they do.
0: So... Are there things about do- doing that job here in Nevada County that are unique and different? I mean, from Mendocino County or from other places? Is there anything special about what's going on here?
1: I, I find here is a very... Um- distinct, uh, can-do attitude. Um, It's far more proactive than reactive, which I actually really enjoy. Um, The spirit of cooperation among not only the county folks, but the counties, the cities, the districts is phenomenal. Um, And I've seen that over and over in our time of emergency. Funny I was going to mention how many emergencies we have. And oh look, we're in an (laughs) emergency right right now. Um, But I will say the folks in this community should feel very proud of who they are as a community and who they have as their leaders in this community.
0: Well, we've been doing this show, The Sages Among Us, for 10 years, and we haven't run out of sages yet in the community. So we think (laughs) there are a lot of smart people that are doing the very best to make this a great community, and that includes you. So that's wonderful. Thanks for being here. Um, And let me just say I am Keith Porter, the host tonight. My guest today is Kit Elliott. She's an attorney who has extensive and varied career experience as a public defender, an attorney with a private criminal law practice, and as county council in Mendocino County and now in Nevada County since 2019. Um, there is a current issue in this county that I'm very aware of uh, because everybody is, which is Risegold uh, has uh, asked as it intends to try to open reopen the Idaho-Maryland mine, which happens to be very close to where I live. Um, and then that application was recommended to be denied by the planning commission coming to the board of supervisors and it was slated for October for the final decision. But I understand from some press release that I saw, I think, yesterday... Um, that you were in fact quoted about saying that there may be an action by Rise Gold that would change things. Can you talk about that? Is that something um, sure?
1: At this time, there's been no petition filed. We have put tried to notice the public that those October dates may be moved. If they file uh, their petition, and in, in my conversations, I believe that they are going to. We need to basically handle that issue first. Um, so we're trying to figure out all the logistics, but I. I can't do anything till I at least get a letter of intent from them and actually a petition. But that process will move faster than the rest of the processes have moved.
0: So my layman's perspective is that what they're saying, or what they might say, is that they have vested rights to reopen this mine they, it, because it has been in operation historically. Is
1: is that accurate? Right. I mean, the vested rights is basically asserting that you have a legal right to do the mining in, on the Brunswick site. Um, that's basically what they're arguing. Okay.
0: Well, I would guess, Kit, that there are some decisions you're involved with that they really have a lot of um, – Impact in terms of the p- potential financial cost, the potential damage to the county, or or, or whatever, um, and that there's a lot of pressure ab- about all of that to make right decisions and to the, to counsel uh, our elected officials in the right way. Is is do you find that true? And if so, how do you manage it personally? What how do you deal with the pressures of your work?
1: You mean like getting personally sued by the restaurants in this county, for example. Did that happen? Uh, Yes, uh, that was due to the COVID, and uh, uh, that's still going through the system as we speak, and I was personally named in that lawsuit. Okay, so how do you deal with that? Um, All I can say is that I try to give my best advice to the county, and um, if that doesn't work, uh, I try to give uh, my best defense. When I say my best defense, myself and my team of lawyers, I have five other lawyers in my office. And we also go to outside counsel because so many of these lawsuits involve very specific expertise that there's no way uh, we can have all of that in my office. So um, working for government these days. Days is a little harder because of the animosity. Um, and there's always a minority of the folks that just want to criticize government. All right. So I can't say I feel the stress nearly as much as my electeds do. Really.
0: But so what? what... what how do you manage the stress? You, you, maybe it's not as much as they have, but uh, you obviously do that effectively for yourself. And so wh- what is it? Is it uh, just um, taking time off and doing other things, uh, hobbies, that sort of thing? How do you manage it? I
1: think it's just keeping a perspective. I learned early in my life I only have so much power, right? <laughs> um, to, it's when you think you have the power to change everything, to fix everything, that you get stressed out. Um, I don't – I Again, I only can do what I can do, and I try to do all, my very best at all all times. So,
0: Good for you. <laughs> so a couple of personal questions, if you don't mind. Um, is there an accomplishment or a role in your life that you're especially pleased with or proud of?
1: So I would say looking back, um, I've achieved several things that I'm proud of, but I would say the pride is more in the people that I've mentored or brought together Um, I'm excellent at finding people and bringing them together Um, so and also the clients that I've helped I mean I I have so many that stay in touch with me in terms of people I've mentored let me know how they're doing um, and and they've gone on to achieve other great things so that that's what I'm most proud of
0: so I'll I'll be a journalist here and, and ask the other question. Anything you'd care to share that you, in your life, in retrospect, that you'd do differently if you could do it all over again?
1: So as stated earlier, my bad moments in my life have only led to very positive things. So the answer, uh, and it's a very long story if I went into all of that. Well, but we've only got a few minutes so left. So the right? answer to that is I actually have no regrets, and I've loved my life so far. <laughs>
0: I remember talking with you earlier on during the snowstorms, and I think you had a problem getting out of your long driveway when we had four feet of snow in the in the area. Uh, hopefully, that didn't turn you off to living in Nevada County, and you're you're happy here now. Is that true?
1: I, I am. I didn't realize I'd get quite so much snow where I am, but during that time, it just my neighborhood came together. We helped one another. I was on all the calls with OES. I'm constantly amazed at how much. Our staff gets done with such a small amount of people, Um, really come together very, very inspiring.
0: So let's talk in our last minute or two here about our community more broadly. Um, there's a lot of assets in our community, and we've touched on that in what I said earlier about the sages. But the number of accomplished professionals and activists and artists who choose to live here instead of someplace where they might make more money or be part of a larger organization or whatever, bigger smaller fish in a bigger pond, whatever, I think that group certainly in turn includes you. Why do you think this community attracts people like that and holds people like that? Um, Is there more we could do as a community to even enhance that further?
1: So I think, you know, for myself and my husband, the arts and culture, the natural recreation opportunities, um, that's a big part of the draw. Um, I think proximity is also a big part of the draw in terms of being able to, uh, you know, go to Sacramento to fly somewhere if we need to. Um, I think that what I would encourage is... The more people that volunteer or give their their finances to these kinds of important activities, the more they get back in terms of drawing good doctors, good teachers, good law enforcement, the things that are very important to this community.
0: Okay. So if a genie in a bottle granted you one wish to improve our community,
1: what would that be? Got to say fire resiliency.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. Well, uh, indeed. (laughs) I know we're working on that. Uh, Let's look ahead. What's something you would like to accomplish in the the area of civic engagement, being part of our community or another aspect of your life? What's ahead for you?
1: So I'm one of those people that uh, you could never ask me what my five-year plan is because I don't have one. And because I don't have one, it enables me to take advantage of the opportunities in front of me. So basically, I'm excited to see what I can accomplish in the future.
0: Well, it will be interesting to watch and see. Well, I think we're very uh, gr- grateful to have you uh, part of our team here in Nevada County and helping government uh, function and, and do better and avoid pitfalls. So thank you very much for being here and thank you for being my guest today, Kid.
1: Okay. Thank you very much, Keith.